and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. So the red light's rolling, we're live. It's uh, Mike and Chris from Waitman's. How are we doing, Chris? How are we doing, Chris? Yeah, doing doing well, thanks. Uh, nice. Calling this on a on an afternoon where it's it's dark and miserable in the middle of November. So <laughs> it's uh, doing well apart from that. Good, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty dark and miserable here in, uh, here in Peterborough. I know we say sunny Peterborough. How's things with you, Mike? Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yes, it's a uh, busy old time of the year. We were just uh, saying that before we came on air, weren't we? It's uh, all go at the moment. Uh, uh, looking forward to a Christmas break, though, I think. That's, uh, absolutely. absolutely. We're honoured to have Chris from Whiteland join us today. So, Chris, just for the uh, just for the listeners, you introduce yourself. Tell, uh, tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, certainly. So, I'm a I'm a road transport regulatory solicitor. So, so basically, anything to do with uh, trucks or buses on the regulatory side. So, I represent uh, haulage and bus companies at traffic commissioner, public inquiries, and preliminary hearings help operators out during DVSA investigations, uh, anything that effectively can go wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm usually the person people often call. Um, and I also work with a, a wider team where we deal with a lot of fleet risk generally. So that's just the trucks and the buses. That's also the gray fleet and the, the smaller vehicles. So it's, uh, it's never a dull moment. Yeah, fantastic. And I think if um, if people want to hear more from Chris specifically, we did do a podcast together, didn't we, on a half dozen things. So uh, people can always refer back to uh, back to that one as well. But this time we're here we're here on shorter shorter format podcast, and we're going to be talking about third party trailers. She's a bit yeah. of a hot topic in the eyes at the moment, right? You 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 could certainly say that it's 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 a strange one, isn't it? Because where the transport industry is now compared to where it was just five, 10 years ago on this subject is, you know, it, it, it's, it's so different. We've had the enormous explosion of e-commerce and obviously COVID's had a huge impact on that. We've all had our Amazon delivery vans coming around, haven't we? But of course, for them to get the, 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 the delivery vans have to pick up from somewhere, the RDCs. And so there's a huge number of these big internet operators with these, um, uh, these enormous fleets of trailers, you, where the model is quite often a lot of small, and you know sometimes really quite small operators, sub 10, 10 vehicles um, or medium-sized operators, pulling these trailers on behalf of these, these big outfits. And I, I was at a public inquiry representing, it was about a year and a half ago, probably a, maybe a little bit more. And the traffic commissioner uh, at the time said that uh, my, my client had just started this line of business having moved from something completely different and had got themselves a little bit unstuck and the traffic commissioner quite rightly made the point that when you're pulling third party trailers as traction only operator it's just about one of the most challenging types of operation that you can do as an operator because fundamentally every single day your drivers are picking up trailers that don't belong to you and you're they're maintained by somebody else you might be dropping and swapping two or three a day you might be in the business of 
collecting trailers that are coming in through the ports um, unaccompanied. And as soon as you hitch them up or your driver hitches them up to your vehicle and you take them on the road, you're responsible for them. And it, the, the buck stops with you. If something goes wrong, it's your trailer that you're operating. It doesn't really matter who, how long you've had it or who owns it. And so this is unsurprisingly why the commissioners have been focusing so much on it, because a lot of people are getting unstuck because it seems it can be very easy to set up a you know, haulage business and start doing this sort of stuff. But there has to come with it the appreciation that there's a huge amount of responsibility on you as the operator and as the transport manager, you know, managing this to make sure it's, it's done properly. Um, I don't know, have, have you guys come across this yourself much? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think one, one thing just to clear up right at the start, uh, Chris, if you wouldn't mind for our listeners, uh, we, we see this question crop up a lot. If they're an operator, traction only, they still definitely need at least one trailer on their operator's license or authority. Um, I don't know why, but a lot of people believe that that's not the case. But if you could just if you could just go through that with us first, Chris, that would be quite useful. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, so, so this is another one that does catch people out because mm. the instinct is you think it's not my trailer. Therefore, um, when I come to go on my vol system and I say, well, how many vehicles and trailers I've got, you say I've got 25 vehicles and zero trailers. Mm. But, of, but of course, you, you know, you, if that were the case, your, your tractor units would be driving around, you know, for no purpose. Mm. Actually, you've got to specify the trailers that you're actually operating. And that might mean all of the trailers that you're operating, even if they're third party trailers. And because again, it all comes back to responsibility. So if you've got uh, 10 lease trailers, you, you've got to specify the 10 vehicles. If you've got far more than that, you specify the ones that you use, which could be a very sizable number, um, mm. which, which mm. again is, is something DVSA do ask about. It's something uh, I've experienced um, when operators have had uh, earned recognition audits and they've been picking up things like this. Okay, one of my questions I had, Chris, was how have the operators you've seen at public inquiry managed the documentation and evidencing of maintenance of third party trailers? Yeah, I, that's a good question. and. And it's it's been a I'd say it's been an evolution because over the last couple of years I've I've noticed certainly that a lot of a lot of the larger trailer uh, owners the large dot com companies uh, have moved from a position where uh, they just haven't really thought about this to having to actually engage with the operator to come up with something that works like you're describing. And and actually, if you go to the guide to maintaining roadworthiness, the words used are something like an operator is expected to work with the trailer owner. And that means as a transport manager, you, you have to have, you have to be able to set up a system, no matter how it works, so that you have the information you need. So you need to know, for example, does that, does that trailer have an up-to-date MOT? Is there an up-to-date safety inspection? Is the inspection signed off as roadworthy are there any outstanding defects has it had a meaningful brake test um all of this stuff that you have to have a way of finding out and and in a sense the regulator the traffic commissioner doesn't really mind how you do that so long as you can do that so i know some some operators have an arrangement where their driver can scan a qr code 
on a trailer and it pulls up on their PDA everything they need to know about it. Other, sometimes it's more the old fashioned, you know, an actual copy of all of the paperwork on the trailer so the driver can pick it up and go through it and uh, see everything's up to date, see they're happy before they take responsibility for that that trailer but however you do it i suppose that's between the operator or the transport manager and the trailer owners hi it's pete from flagship partners we're really proud to sponsor the fleet geeks podcast flagship partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfill their work if you're interested in support with any of our safety hr or compliance services or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver cpc training give us a call today i think one of the one of the things we've seen one of the challenges we've seen is um operators um um with with trailers that may not come from or originated in the uk um those foreign operators may not have uh, the same level of maintenance arrangements or the same sort of organization that we've got and that's, that adds another dimension to the challenge i would think chris oh, absolutely and and i mean there's there's no two ways about it we have amongst the highest standards in the world in in the uk for maintenance and i i i've, I've come across cases um some quite recently where operators who collect unaccompanied trailers Finally, after you know a long time, actually ask the question: Well, how often are are these trailers inspected? And they find out it's maybe twice a year. Mm. But of course, of course, then 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 of course the transport managers faced with the awkwardness of having declared on their vol system that their trailers that they're operating are being done every ten weeks, maybe at the same time as the trucks, but is actually you know closer to one hundred and fifty odd days. So it's. Uh, it is a problem and it's definitely harder to get that information when you're having to reach abroad and try to engage with maybe a jurisdiction which has a slightly different approach to to these things um so and and some really basic issues is that if you all of your maintenance records do get provided um who's to say they're in english <laughs> how you know how 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 does a driver understand it necessarily so this is all the, he- you know, a, I call it a headache, but it's not really a headache. It's a challenge for transport managers and it makes the job of being a transport manager challenging. And that comes back to exactly what the traffic commissioner was saying at that public inquiry I was at. Um, it is a difficult line of business. Okay. It's interesting that you interesting said the traffic commissioner, the traffic commissioner hasn't specified hasn't how the transport, how manager the transport manager has to manage that relationship, manage. just that they do have to manage it. Can you let us know, in your experience, what what may happen to a transport manager who isn't um, who isn't staying on top of those? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Maintain, maintaining the in, uh, and dealing with the trailers effectively. So, so I think you've hit the hit the nail on the head. Um, the the way transport regulation and, and to be honest, a lot most lot of regulation is set out is outcomes focused in that. If, it, if it's generating the outcome that transport managers are it, it, that safe vehicles are used safely on the road, trailers are well inspected, and there are no issues, then then the mechanics, the regulator doesn't like to get involved in. If, however, something happens or it turns out that actually, as you say, a transport manager's not really been giving this the thought that it deserves, and DVSA doing a best-based assessment and ask for all of this evidence of these checks and and records, and they're just not to be found, then 
Unfortunately, it is a matter of good repute. It's something that a transport manager is deemed to know about. Um, all of the uh, all of the guidance issued by the traffic commissions, the statutory documents, all of that. It is it as soon as it's published, transport managers are expect are, are deemed to know. You know, ignorance of the law and all of that. So that means. Uh, you know, it can be grounds for regulatory action, which could look like a public inquiry hearing in front of the traffic commissioner, or at the very least a preliminary hearing, it depends on the circumstance. But I've known transport managers have their good repute lost, I've known transport managers have their good repute um, tarnished very severely. Uh, I've, you know, I've, I've represented at public inquiries where I've, I've been defending transport managers who have been able to say, well, look, I've I've learnt my lesson and we've now got these great systems in place and we're 100% across our trailer maintenance. But, you know, is it too little too late? And, and it's, that's, that's a fact on each case really as to whether, whether the traffic commissioner feels that way or not. Okay, that's, uh, that's interesting. But the clear, the, 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 the clear bottom line is that the transport manager is your responsibility. Exactly that. And, and one other thing I'd, I'd say to that is, um, that one of the single most important things you can do is make make have that relationship with the trailer owner make sure you you know what the inspection intervals are and that they're properly declared because the traffic commissioners do consider a misdeclared trailer inspection interval on your vol system as a false as a false declaration if you're mm -hmm. saying it's you know, 10 weeks and it's in fact much longer than that uh, you know that that's that that's grounds for serious concern. So if if nothing else, um, if you're in this line of of work, do and you're you're thinking you're listening to this and you're doing a stock take and you're thinking actually um, maybe I haven't been giving this attention it needs. Now's the time to do it because they are about to uh, this coming year going to be uh, revising the guide to maintain roadworthiness with a lot more robust information on this, a lot more detail. It's already come out in the annual traffic commissioner's report. So all the messaging is we're focusing on this issue. So uh, now's the time to be looking at it. Mm. Fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. And, and yeah. Um, just, are you aware um, the guide to maintain roadworthiness, uh, Chris, you mentioned it's with, I think most um, most operators will be quite pleased that the, the information is gonna be more robust or the guidance is gonna be more robust, I think maybe one of the problems at the moment with some guidance is it's a little bit you know open to interpretation so um and any news uh when we should be seeing a copy of the uh, the new guide oh a good good question i don't I, I don't think i know the exact date off by heart but i do agree with you that the the existing guidance is which we say brief i mean it's it's i think it's about about a couple of paragraphs or something um so there's not a lot to go on at the moment, so so I think that's probably been a been a been part of the challenge, and I think the recognition is uh, is there that it needs to be beefed up. So we should see a fair bit more. Uh, the other thing I suppose I worth pointing out, and this is something that that does come up with third party trailer cases quite a bit, concerns your driver defect inspections, because of course mm. a driver goes takes over the vehicle, has got to do a walk around check of the sorry at the point they take over the the trailer. But what if that driver drops and swaps two or three trailers that day? Well, obviously they've got to do a, a fresh one every for every single trailer. Uh, 
but and that should include for example the check to make sure that actually they've read the paperwork and they're happy they're satisfied that it's all there and that it's signed off and that, that, that it can be taken but sometimes I've, I've dealt with some relatively large operators who still use paper-based systems or even electronic systems which only allow you to record one trailer that's a day a, you know that's not that's yeah. not that uncommon um, yeah. And so drivers yeah. are having to, you know, come up with inventive ways of recording the other ones, which is, you know, a recipe for disaster when it comes comes to the paperwork or the or, or the system. So, I suppose as a transport manager, thinking this through and and again outcomes focus. What does my driver need? Do our systems allow it to happen? And should the worst happen, does do us will our systems generate the reports they need to say that actually that driver did check every last one of those trailers did check that they, all the MOTs were in date tick the box to say that they'd been signed for as roadworthy and on this occasion when he didn't get that information he refused to take the vehicle and then if DVS uh, sorry refused to take the trailer and if DVSA then come in do a full audit of you and you can provide that information then you're in an awful lot of a better position than you would be otherwise yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. I um, I, um, I, I was gonna say I came across a I came across a, some data the other day. Mike and I did on a on a WhatsApp group that we're in of a dot com trailer uh, operation that had one hundred eighty six trailers out of MOT. MOT. Goodness me. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, a bit of a bit of a warning a warning shot to transport managers listening. Anyway, Chris, that's, uh, that's enough on third-party trailers for now. Uh, much appreciated, and you're joining us for yeah, much appreciated. But joining us for two further podcasts, uh, so we're yes, going to be talking about um, uh, we're going to be talking about top PI uh, uh, items for 2022 and what's coming in 2023. So looking forward to those. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Chris. See you yeah, next thanks time. very much. Cheers, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.